0: You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ
1: can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today.
2: Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I'm your co-host... Pastor Josh, along with Matt Shiles, who is, I don't know if all of you know this. I know at some point we've told you, but Matt, he is our director of missions. And so he works with Pastor Gus overseeing all of what we do locally and globally. So just felt like I needed to reiterate mm. that. Mm. And then also, Matt is getting his master's. What's your master's in?
1: Master's of Christian Studies. Christian
2: Studies. So you're yeah. reading, writing papers and all of that fun stuff.
1: Yes. I'm I'm taking it slow, one class at a time, but go. I'm doing Bible interpretation this semester. All right. So um, how did I do this week? Well... <laughs>
2: So the like Bible interpretation, ways. man. There you go.
1: So uh, so I 90, got 90, my the Bible. Yep, I got my first paperback. Ninety nine percent. So you asked me last week, did I pass? I passed
2: ninety nine percent. Well, what was that? What did he dock you for? One percent? Did you forget your name or something? No, <laughs>
1: that might have been more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So uh, so I'm about halfway through. Um, I'll I'll finish in twenty twenty five or so. So awesome yes well
2: I wanted to just remind people of what you did and then even what you're doing now so um, thank you which is great I'm obviously I'm an advocate for ongoing education so even though I have wanted to get more degrees my wife has told me no you've you've gotten the highest degree that you're going to get and so uh, and she's like don't pitch fit and then she's like, you can have other people. And then you can, she's like, you can always read more. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so do? you
1: do, yeah. Yeah, it's a sacrifice for yourself and for your family too. So Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's so much fun to, to put it into practice really every week. Um, so I am loving it. Awesome. So this weekend we are in week two of Ruth. This is the More Than Enough series. This was October 21st and 22nd. And this week was called Dealing More Than Enough Hope. And, uh, and every week we're just doing a different chapter. So last week was Ruth 1, this week is Ruth 2. The next few weeks will be Ruth 3 and 4. Um, and as a reminder, there's three things for this series that you laid out last week. It was uh, to learn to trust the Lord in every season. Uh, next was to train your eyes to see God's goodness. And lastly, finally, realize that the Lord is enough. He's all you need. So this week, the main point is God's sovereignty does allow bitter hands to be dealt, but will always deal more than enough hope. And and you really started with giving us this idea of um, poker connecting. Sometimes there's there's bad hands that are dealt. The 2-7 the offsuit is the, the worst hand. Uh, that there could be, um, but it's interesting how you connected that to um, to circumstances in life, and um, and yeah, the main point: God's sovereignty does allow um, bitter hands to be dealt, but will always deal more than enough hope, which is such a, an interesting and hopeful message.
2: Somebody asked me this morning, "How'd you come up with that concept mm-hmm. of?" of cards and poker, and I'm like, well, I mean, this is where sermons take uh, actually multiple iterations, mm. because, again, as you're trying to wrestle with, or what's the really the main idea here, and mm. then kind of... How do, I, how do I want to communicate that main idea in a way that is transformative? Mm. Because ultimately, I just don't want to preach to give you more information. I want to, I want to preach towards transformation. Yeah. And the, the way that I, I, I kind of frame out preaching for you know, transformation is that uh, you, you, you have to understand your audience. Uh, you have to understand the text. You have to understand how to apply the text And that, you know, so it's information plus relationship, or, you know, so information plus relationship in community and understanding the application that can begin to yield transformation, Mm. you know. So, Mm. so you need kind of all three. And, and so as I'm, as I, you know, as I'm kind of wrestling with, you know, again, the text and I understand what it is, and then I start looking at the community um, and, and the people I want to be talking to. Um, and then, all right, how do you apply that? Th- those are all of the things again that I'm thinking about when I'm crafting a message. And so, mm. as I'm trying to flesh out this kind of main point, you know, I'm, you know, I just had this, I, you know, just had this idea. Well, you know, when you look at Naomi and Ruth, they, they, they were dealt a bad hand. Like we, we've said yeah. that before. That's why yeah. I started out. How many people said you've been dealt a bad hand, or yeah. you know. Um, and then you're then okay now you're gonna take that idea of being dealt and can you can you create something around it
0: mm-hmm.
2: and mm-hmm. that that's how it took on these sure. iterations and then also you just don't want to go straight to a you know in some sense straight to poker because not everybody plays poker right so then you can have a little fun with it and I'm sure at some point somebody's played one of these card games yeah and so now you can have a little fun with it and then go to poker but you got to teach them something about poker too
1: yeah yeah and
2: uh, so so it that's how it, it came about, at least awesome. in that
1: regard. So, when you said the the card game that you grew up playing was Rook, yeah, never heard of it.
2: Never heard of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, yeah, I, I want to, you know. So i <laughs> I wanted to kind of Google uh, the the origin of uh, Rook, um, like you know, the Rook card game, because I want to say that it was. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, it was. Okay, so I just Googled it. It came up. So sometimes referred to as Christian cards or missionary cards. Oh, Rook playing cards were introduced by Parker Brothers in 1906 to provide an alternative to standard playing cards for those in the Puritan tradition and those in the Mennonite culture who considered the face cards in a regular deck inappropriate. There, so I, I thought there was some kind of because yeah. my granddad he grew up a and was an independent fundamentalist Baptist so there so that's so that probably sense. why he was playing a rook he thought card playing was wrong so so,
1: so that makes sense and yeah. and that means that you you cheating at that game is even worse Man, it, well
2: yeah the, the, yeah that was I guess the the height of hypocrisy at that point so <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and it was funny because Rook was the USA's best-selling game by 1913 and remained Parker Brothers' number one-selling game until they published Monopoly. Hey, now. Look at okay. that. What, what, uh, you know, as, that's fun when you can just Google that on the spot and, boom, you, you, you learn. You learn all of that stuff about Rook. It's the Christian card game. So the there you go. Christian card game.
1: So my family grew up playing nerds. N-E-R-T-Z, have you ever heard of it? I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll Google nerds too. It is essentially, I had to laugh, because it, it's essentially, you can play with a bunch of people, 8, 10, 12 people. You okay. all have your own deck of cards, and you're playing solitaire, but with everybody. So you got your own hand in front of you, think of solitaire in front of you, and when you play the cards in the middle, right, all yeah. going all the way up, from 2 all the way up to Ace, but it's a communal pile. <laughs> so everybody gets a play, and it gets... Pretty, uh, pretty feisty. So that's the game that we. Uh, huh.
2: Interesting. So, um, oh, that. Well, that's Dutch Blitz because it says is Nertz the same thing as Dutch Blitz, and so it talks about. This game was created by a German immigrant from Pennsylvania mm. Dutch country, and this oh. game is very popular with the Pennsylvania Dutch and Amish community even today.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So this was from my mom's side of the country from Ohio. So I wonder if there was a connection there with Pennsylvania. Okay.
2: Interesting. Okay. All right. Learn something nerds. new.
1: Nematode nerds. Yeah, was a thing. So. All right.
2: Well, now I can add that to the list if I ever preach this message again.
1: There'd be two people raising their hand: <laughs> me and my wife. <laughs> So you gave us uh, you gave us three questions in our outline. Three questions to ask. You said first, uh, where did Ruth glean? Mm. Uh, second, why would Boaz take notice of Ruth? And third, how does Boaz show hesed to Ruth and Naomi? And there are at least seven ways. So let's start by talking uh, before we get into each of these questions. Uh, We had – Pastor Derwin had a little bit of a surprise for you this weekend with Pastor Appreciation. Um, Certainly on Sunday you knew it was coming, but Saturday night it was a surprise. So talk a little bit about what that meant to you.
2: Well, so it it meant meant a lot. I texted Derwin later on that afternoon, and I told him, I said, in 20 years of of ministry – I've never been recognized in, in an October hmm. for Pastor Appreciation Month, hmm. so so it, so it really did it. it meant it meant a lot, and for for me, I I really like I don't like attention. I'm I you know I tell people and I and like you, you might think that I'm an extrovert, but I'm not an extrovert. Those, you know, I, I have to really push myself to be out uh, because I actually do love people, but but I but I do have uh, m- more shyness, uh, uh, you know, in me than anything. And then also when it comes to hmm. even ministry, uh, and we're living in a context, you know, like a cultural context where pastors of, of bigger churches typically are, are even, you know, held in a more skeptical manner. Yeah. Like, I try I try not to focus on myself. Yeah. Um, like, you know, that's why I, I don't try to engage – you know, I don't engage in social media as much as some people would probably like me to. Like, mm. I just don't want focus. I don't want attention to be drawn to me and – and then obviously when i preach i'm really trying to make sure the attention is drawn to to jesus so it's always hard to have that kind of attention yeah and and yeah does does it feel good does it you know um uh, is it encouraging? I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because you you, you always wonder: am, am I making a difference? And you know, do, do you know are people grateful? But again, you don't do it for like that's for me. Like I don't do it for the accolades. I don't do it for the attaboys. I don't do it for the recognition. I do it because this is the call that God's placed on my life. And hmm. even if it wasn't a call, I am still called to love. Mm. Like Jesus did, mm. and so so regardless of whether I have the title of a you know pastor or not, mm. I do want to love people the way Jesus loved people. I want to point people to Jesus. So, but it, it was it, it was a a really nice weekend of just being recognized because ministry is I, I obviously yeah and Derwin tried to articulate it, mm. but but I did I you know I even was thinking this past weekend that I, I, I do. I do. There, there are times where I struggle with these thoughts. Like, am, am I really making a difference? I, I'm trying to juggle so many different things. Am I a good husband? Am I a good father? Am I a good pastor? Am I leading well? You know, are we seeing? You know, like you're constantly, un, you're scrut, you know, you're scrutinizing yourself of, you know, how well you're doing, and and, and when you, and there are times, especially if you're tired. And just physically and maybe even spiritually, you're you're thinking to yourself, "Man, I'm an I'm an utter wreck and failure. Nothing good is happening." And yeah, so so it's always good to you know be be encouraged be, yeah. because there's yeah. so much that uh you know in my own life that I do wrestle with because yeah. I do I, I do approach the call of being a pastor in a very weighty 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 manner, yeah.
1: and uh, and it's mm. it's tough. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very relatable. And, uh, obviously, um, you and, and other pastors aren't immune to that. There's a, there's a saying, you, you'll never meet an over-encouraged missionary. <laughs> uh, same with pastors. You'll never meet an over-encouraged pastor. I would say that for any of us, you'll never meet someone who just has too much encouragement in their life. Yeah. Um, so I also can understand that, uh, that balance and tension of, uh, yeah, you you know, it, it's, it's great to feel appreciated, but then even the standing ovations, I could tell that the, um, that you don't, you don't want that attention. Um, and you, and, but, but you want to, you want to receive it well. Yeah. Right. And you want to, uh, you want to take that, Encouragement as it comes. Yeah. yeah. And that's why,
2: I, you know, I, on Sunday, you know, it was really quick to point out the other pastors, yeah. uh, other staff, yeah. governing elders, that yeah. it is a joy to partner with them in ministry, that they really are the ones getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm Again, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to... Uh, be you know be in the position I am to see kind of the the whole picture hmm. and be used to get, to help uh, uh, point and mobilize people into the direction that God's given us. But but the other yeah the other leaders I mean they they really they're they're in the trenches too and and it is it is hard in gospel ministry be because. Sure, a lot of people are going to love you and appreciate you, but there are going to be some they don't. They actually don't like you, or you've done something to hurt them. Uh, may, maybe you have. May, maybe without intention, you hurt somebody. You didn't mean to, but then they're going to run you down. You, you know. So it's it, you know <laughs> I had a, so that conference that I talked about in in the story where I was talking about how I met Joni, for yeah. feeding the sheep, yeah. I remember. He said, uh, sheep bite. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know, so I mean, yeah, and like, well, thank you very much. So, uh, you know, because you think about these cute little sheep, you know, yeah, and yeah. uh, and they, they all, all they're doing is, you, you know, uh, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I think I had a story about that too in a couple did, of some. Yeah. So, yeah. like, what movie did that come from? Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. but they also bite, they they can bite, you know, and uh, sometimes it hurts. So, <laughs> um, Oh, but but man. that you 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 love you love the call that God's placed on
1: your life and um, and I certainly do yeah amen and I was very impressed of uh, Pastor Derwin's organizational skills with having a different color for each
0: there
1: each each week or uh, each service right yellow and green and whatever the third one was uh, yeah i gotta share those desserts i can't eat them all
2: you know within the allotted time or they're gonna go bad so
1: so let's ask this what was your what was the favorite your favorite thing in one of those three ba- bags
2: uh, i i mean i really do love cliff bars that's actually what so when oh I that's was training, so boring so really when i was training yeah i mean cliff bars are really really good energy because they got the carbohydrates uh, they got you know a little bit you know some protein mm. but but yeah, and so there they really are a good kind of pick me up type of like energy bar,
1: so kind of bar of all of that, Sorry. oh my goodness, I mean uh, sunflower seeds. No, <laughs> so, yeah. I I did laugh at you. There was protein powder in one of them. Oh, I do um, love and... I
2: love the love the protein drinks. Like yeah, yeah. those
1: are fun because those are yeah, a good
2: a Krispy Kreme
1: donut. Krispy
2: Kreme, good night. The only thing that I don't like about Krispy Kreme is the calories next to yeah. those little donuts that melt melt in your mouth. You're like, really? Yeah. They yeah. can fit that many calories in that donut? <laughs> like no, it, it ain't, it ain't right.
1: All right, so. so let's uh let's move on. We talked about. This idea of hesed, Yahweh's. Am I saying that right? I, you know, listen, um, hesed. I mean, some people say hesed, some people say hesed. Hesed. Like it's okay.
2: H e s e d. H e s so e d. However you want to say it, listen. Go ahead and say it. It's, just, it, it, it's still the same word, okay. even though you may not pronounce it quite like a. I, listen, I'm probably not pronouncing <laughs> it like a, a he. You know, a, a uh, yeah. Jewish person yeah. who's spoke Hebrew would obviously pronounce it.
1: Probably not, probably not. But this is the idea of kindness, mercy, compassion, loving kindness, loyal love, covenantal loyalty. So can you just talk a little bit about this word and maybe what you learned this week or how how important this this idea is for us?
2: Yeah, it's actually when you read scholars who talk about this word, it really is a very hard word to translate in the English mm-hmm. and they would even say in the Greek. So they'll say hmm. that that at least an attempt. So um, so when when you hear that the the Old Testament was written in Greek, they call that the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. So the Septuagint is the Greek version of the Old Testament, which was originally written mostly in Hebrew. There were some Aramaic in some parts. But then, you know, so when they wrote it in the Septuagint, most of the time the word that the Greek would use would be agape. Mm. So that's the the closest equivalent. But wow. then when you think okay. about agape love, unconditional love, in the English version, we don't we, you know, we don't really have a word for unconditional love. Hmm. Like so you know the Greeks they had agape, they had eros, which is that sexual love, they have phileo, which is the friendship love. Hmm. And so they had multiple words for yeah. various kinds of love. But but we English speaking people, we don't because we'll say I love my wife, but in the you know, in the next sentence, I love Krispy Kreme. Well now couldn't that come on now. Do yeah. you really love those donuts the way you love your wife? Have you really uh. entered into this ceremonial <laughs> covenant with crispy Kreme? no no you haven't. So nope. so we are limited in our language of understanding mm. God's Hesed, God's agape. And but when it comes to Hesed it that that word is used at least 250 times in the old testament wow. half of those times are actually found in the book of psalms mm. so so uh, you know obviously you have a couple of different authors in psalms but predominantly david wrote psalms and so so he's talking a lot about now this is interesting why would david Talk. He would half the time probably, and again, and even if there were other parts of you know, again, there there are some psalms that you know were were written not by David, but it is interesting that Hesed appears in Psalm. Like you know, yeah. who David came from? Ruth. Yeah,
1: from Ruth. Yeah,
2: came from Ruth. Yeah. So um, interesting there, but yeah. but then huh. you know the the other half is also throughout, but. Uh, like Psalm twenty-three six, this is where David is writing, surely your goodness and love, Hesed, follow me all of the days of my life. So so mm-hmm. surely goodness and and some translations will translate it mercy, but it's still Hesed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like, you know, it could be kindness, it can be mercy, it could be love, the steadfast love. As how God revealed Himself to Moses uh, in Exodus thirty-four, when when Moses like, I want to see Your glory, mm-hmm. and listen, I I, I don't want to go to the Promised Land unless you're going to go. Like, so mm-hmm. that's that kind con- that that's that context, mm-hmm. and it's in that context God reveals Himself as abounding in steadfast love or hesed. So I I am a god of hesed of and when when we talk about covenant covenant loyalty too we're talking about all right so God is he's going to be faithful to the covenant that he has instituted and that he has initiated so he he's not going to fall behind on the covenant that He initiated right. that He has uttered promises that He will do. Mm. So that's why when you think about Hesed, mm. God's promising covenant loyalty, this mm. loyal love to you that He's entered into a covenant with. Mm. And so that's where when you look at Naomi and now even Ruth, because when Ruth confessed mm. and she and and she professed this faith in Yahweh and was Going to be grafted into Israel. Now, now she's part of this covenant mm. with God mm-hmm. that He has entered into with His people. Mm. That's that you know, and that's also the reason why when you see Naomi and and, and really Elimelech and, and the entire family go outside the covenant, this bitterness. That's why we try to drill down on that.
0: Yeah. But as yeah. she
2: as she now is coming back to Bethlehem, even mm. though she's in this bitter. Season still because of everything that she's gone through. At the end of chapter two, she's coming out of her bitterness. She's mm-hmm. like this giddy person. Yeah, you know, like where have you been? Oh my! Oh my! Like oh my yeah. Lanta! Yeah, How, where, you know. So and why? Because God is showing His coven, covenantal love. He's showing His steadfast love. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you just need to trust me. So that that's where He He's going to fulfill. The promises that He's made—that's where that hesed comes in—is that, you know, even when you—and this is where Paul's going to pick up, you know, when He's writing, even when we are unfaithful, God is what Hmm. faithful. Why? Hmm. Because He is a God of hesed, covenantal love, loyalty, mercy, grace, compassion, abounding in love. So, so that's that word, you know,
1: hesed, which is
2: is such a beautiful word in the Hebrew language.
1: So this is something that I'm learning in my class, the importance of word study. Yeah. And I think you just, uh, you illustrated that, that point well for us. You know, they'll, they'll teach us to, to take a word and see how it's used, um, you know, the, the Hebrew, the Greek, see how it's used in that book, right? So throughout Ruth. See how it's used in that testament, throughout the Old Testament, and then see how it's used yeah. throughout the so, whole Bible.
2: So, And I didn't stress this uh, the, the previous week, but you you see the word being used in chapter 1 when Naomi says, May the Lord show you kindness. May the Lord show you hesed.
1: Yeah, and, and, yeah. and without that background, it's so easy just to go past that. The hesed or uh, uh, kindness just feels kind of neutral to us. It doesn't have that. The deep emotional attachment that what you just gave to us re- really has.
2: Yeah, and um, and then obviously in, tw- in in verse twenty of chapter two yeah. has not stopped showing his hesed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then in in chapter three, verse ten. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, but I probably won't stress as hesed this much. I will focus on something else, hmm. but. Uh, the Lord bless you, my daughter," he replied. "This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. Like so, this, so this hessed is even greater. Wow! Like I mean, wow. so uh, and then you you'll see it in chapter you know chapter four. Like so so God's Hesed is all over it's throughout the story mm-hmm. of, of of Ruth and Naomi. And, and so that's where I'm like you know that's what the the dealing out hope is the dealing out of Hesed. The hesed is always going to be more than enough. Like, but but you, you, you're going to have to you're going to have to trust mm-hmm. that hesed mm-hmm. is coming. So even though you got a bitter hand, blessed hesed is coming.
1: Oh, so, that's so good. Yeah, um, that's so good.
2: That's why I get excited because I th- I really do. Like I think through you know m- m- my life at, at you know 41 and and particularly my ministry life and. I mean, I've I've been there. I've 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 been in the season where I, I had no job, I had no income. Uh, I had my wife, you know, because I <laughs> I did tell everybody she was my sugar
1: mama. <laughs> so I, uh, I didn't think you used that terminology.
2: You don't think I would? Or,
1: no, I, I didn't think you did.
2: Oh well, I used it at the eleven. Oh
1: okay. So uh, yeah, I
2: used it at the eleven. So she <laughs> she was my sugar mama, older sugar mama. And you know, so there was, sequ- and she
1: was in that that oh, service. she was in that one, and okay. so
2: she's heard that one. She's heard that, and uh, she just shakes her head now. So, uh, but but we've been in those seasons where I was I was not at a church, not making yeah. any money. We had just been through a really tough season at a church, yeah. where she's picking up the slack because yeah. she's a nurse, yeah. and so we've been in those bitter seasons where we've had a bitter hand but we have seen i mean this is where i'm like we have and i want to pound on the table because we have seen over mm-hmm. and over and over and over that god has dealt he has he has dealt more than enough mm-hmm. hope in our life more than enough hesed. and now i think even you know to to a degree our kids even our older kids are seeing glimmers uh, of that like he's not like because they've had to move yeah. You know a couple of times, and they felt now even the weight of moving and even moving here they're they 're seeing God still blessed hessod in their life and and sure it doesn 't mean that the transitions haven 't been bitter uh, to them but but God he is compassionate he 's gracious he 's merciful, and he 's for them and 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 you know I think they 're just seeing glimmers. You know, because that bitterness is being you know like, and I'm not saying my children were so like bitter when they moved here, but there was a bitterness to it. There was a bitter pill that they had to swallow, leaving friends, leaving. Their, their, their security of what they kind of knew in, in in so many different ways, maybe a position on a football team, or yeah. you know, the comfort of playing a sport that you love, knowing that Florida didn't have that sport. But 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 God is showing up even in my kids' life, and and again, I don't fully expect them to see that that hesed, but but I can start seeing, you know, how the Lord through His hesed is chipping away at that bitterness.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Um... Each of them, Caleb and Ellie, they've they've both been blessings to my daughters. Mm. They've been they've they've been teaching them, and okay. it was so cute. So so Caleb with Kate, my oldest, yeah. who's five, and Paige with uh, Ellie, who's four. Okay. And just this weekend, you know, Caleb is over with his friends as as teenagers do, and Kate goes, "That's Mister Caleb. I want to go say hi to him." I go, "Okay, go." And he just bent down. She gave him a big hug, oh. and it was just. You know, it was just a, a sweet moment. Um, so, anyways, I just wanted to share that. Um, cool. He, you know, each of them have uh, have been a blessing to to many kids. So, yeah. putting themselves in that that position to be hope dealers, mm. which is uh, so very cool. Um, so, what you were talking about really leads us to our next question, which is this phrase uh, as it happened, yeah. and it even came up in our our perspectives class uh, yesterday. Somebody had mentioned it, and, you know, like half of the class just kind of like went up in uproar because you could just tell it was something that resonated with so many of us. So I wanted to talk about it. You said there are no coincidences, happenstances with God. God is the God of as it happened. Mm. And you got pretty excited about that point. Um, How did that How'd that come about? Have you ever preached on kind of that phrase, or was that just something that that came out in the moment, or something that came out during your study?
2: Well, just I, you know, I wanted—I mean, because it, it is a—I mean, it, it's a fun little phrase as it happened. You know, and other translations ha, have—they they translate it diff, You know, kind of different, yeah. but. You know, basically as as Chance would have it, as, as Luck would have it, mm-hmm. you know, like that that kind of, you know, thing. Because in some sense, we don't know how to, as a human, and that's why it's more of this sarcastic kind of fun little gesture yeah. that the author, right? He knows the story. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's kind of like this he's, play, he's of kind of going, winking
1: to the audience. Yeah, he's yeah. like
2: as real as it happened. You, you know, like kind of rolling his eyes. But mm. like because we don't know how. Because one of the things that scholars would say too about Ruth is that you don't have God performing any supernatural miracle. Mm. There's no supernatural miracle because supernatural miracles define natural order. Yeah. Like so, when Jesus turns water into wine, I mean that that just doesn't happen, you know. So, uh, or when he calms the raging sea, yeah. like uh, something that he injects himself to reverse or to kind of engineer some kind of miraculous intervention mm-hmm. to get things to, to to do whatever he wants them to do. Yeah, that that that's that's this miraculous movement. But but in the Book of Ruth, there's no miraculous movement. Yeah. And so what the author is trying to say is that, well, God is working through as it happens yeah. to bring about his plan for his people in the world. And you're like, the That's world? Good. Yeah, just hold your horses. Like, yeah. Yeah. But for, I mean, so, that, so, so, so God is working through the, 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 the natural elements of life. To bring about His grand plan, mm-hmm. so that's where, as it happened, it's like the wink, wink. Like we we know God; He He's orchestrating things while while still being fully in control and even allowing things to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So a lot, you know. I mean, think about allowing a Elimac. No, I mean, I, sure, I would say that God desired. Elimelech and and his family to stay in the Promised Land, but allowing him to leave, yeah. but then also disciplining him, yeah. but then also allow, allowing uh, Malon and Kilion to marry Moabite women. And then another, t- like, so God's allowing all of this. And yes, He's allowing some bitter hands to be dealt because of mm. sin, mm. but then knowing how He's going to orchestrate when they come back. And I mean, because what is fascinating that Boaz is no, like, no one I've ever read, listened to would even say that Boaz was, you know, married. So he is an older, single, wealthy mm. Jew, which really? is fascinating. Huh. So so why why is he still why is he still single, mm. you know and 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 so so there, there's so many things there as it happened and so I get really excited about it because I've experienced the as it happened, you know so not only did I experience like so if so I was telling Joni said, just think about it so uh, the president and founder of Student Leadership University is Jay Strack, okay. his grandson plays on the Masters football team with Caleb. Wow. And so I need to go tell him if it wasn't for Student Leadership University, I would have never met my wife. Oh my gosh. I mean, think about it. And that's why that's why for me it was it, it's it's kind of comical in the sense is that now we are in Orlando, in Orlando. Yeah. and we're sitting in the same stands as the founder of the Student Leadership University. Which was the common denominator of Joni's sister, who is a teenager, meeting my pastor's son and starting a long-distance relationship in the early 2000s. And that Joni's parents would let her fly as a, as a uh, sophomore or junior and spend the weekend w- with this family. Yeah. Like, oh my God, as, as it happened, and so that's where, I, like, I'm, you know, I mean, I could see, like, I mean, just, oh my gosh, and then even how the Lord led me here. As it happened, oh like, oh, my gosh, y'all been looking for somebody for, you know, since Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, like, <laughs> so y'all been looking for a pastor for a, a long time. For a hot and, minute. And I had already, again, I mean, I had already promised uh, my boss I was going to do this because I had turned down, yeah, uh, again, what I had perceived the church of my dreams. Like, yeah. all right, church in California and Monterey, California, a very healthy, large, prominent church, Successful uh, su- yeah, yeah. A- and, uh, and and the kind of the golf mecca, capital oh. of the U.S. You know, with Pebble Beach there, and I could play it really any time I wanted oh. to, like all of that. Oh, and uh, but did you play? Yeah, that was part, that was play, part right? of the, the you know the recruitment. The, the, yeah, it was. It was the recruitment process. The first the first time I went out there, we played Pebble Beach. Oh my goodness! And then we played Poppy Hills, and we oh. play like I mean, so I was like, this is going to be amazing. And but but God, see and this as it happened as it ha- as it happened. God put in Joni that I can't move out there. I'm grieving. I'm actually angry. Yeah. There was there was there was a couple of tense weeks in the Laxton house because I was actually going through the five. Stages of grief, and uh, and so then I'm having to wait on, and and so as it happened, and and, I mean, mean, that's where I'm like, I've lived through the as it happened. That's where, like, uh, if and I was talking to someone after the eleven o'clock, and he, you know, he was saying he loves Jesus. You know, he's like, man, I'm, you know, I know I'm in this kind of bitter, you know, kind of this this bitter hand that has been dealt, uh, you, you know, to me. And he's like, man, and I, I, I know what we're, you know, I know what you're saying, and I, you know, he's yeah. like, but it's easier said than done, and it is because in the bitter hand, it's hard to see the river cards being turned over because you just don't know. But this is where God is the hope dealer. He, he, he will be there. He will deal hope in some shape, form, or fashion. But, but that's where, I like, I, I do. I get so excited. I mean, I, there, there's times where I really wish I had unlimited time because I would just drill. I mean, like, there would be times I would just keep drilling, you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I can't be there all day, so, oh yeah.
1: Man, that is so rich. Yeah. That's so rich. Yeah, you know, when you're in those seasons, sometimes you just got to hold on. Yeah. And you just have to trust that God's working and not until after do you even have the yeah the i listened to another story this you know? morning
2: of someone i was i was at a breakfast and uh, this person was was t- telling me their as it happened story mm. they didn't know jesus lived in the northeast they thought they were moving down to orlando for a job and they did have a job but uh, it didn't didn't necessarily last that long but but when when they looked back at their move and all of the various events that were happening, they will say that God moved them down here so that they might come to know Jesus. Wow! And then that their life hasn't been, and, and, but they're connecting the dots. And so I'm like, so that's your that's your as it happened story, right? I mean, yeah, God was he, he was he was working. Blessed Hesed way before the the, the bitter hand.
1: That's, and so, yeah. That's I mean, it, yeah. That was actually my, my next point, yeah. was that principle. God was working as blessed hesed before you experienced a bitter hand. Yeah. Where did that, that term come from? You what, come up with that? Which one? A little pithy term, blessed hesed?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, because blessed hesed, bitter hand. So B-H-B-H. So, oh, okay. So, I was just thinking because it rhymed. Well Missing, I mean it. It, well, it was BHBH gotcha. so it's the alliteration and the rhyming Rhythm. like so anything I can do for you know for in this is part of where I do love somewhat using the English language if if I can to you know create these little these little uh phrases I mean so even if you look at the the main point you know uh, allow bitter hands uh, to be dealt, but deal, you know, hope. So, um, hmm. y- you know, so so hands dealt, deal hope. Y- you know, so it's that, um, y- you know,
1: so, it, so I'm You're about, such a pastor, using yeah.
2: That well, just and using and... language. That's my yeah. creative. That's my creative element to to in some sense that's use awesome. language. And so again, that's why I use that the, the dealt because now now. I, because when we think about dealt and card games, now you can associate. Anytime you see cards, yeah. you can actually, now you can image the person who really behind the cosmic realm that's dealing hmm. is the sovereign king of the universe. And so, yes, there's going to be times, again, he's dealing mm. and he's going to allow you to get a seven and a two. And sometimes it's just because you live in a fallen world, sometimes it will be because you've brought it on yourself. Because of sin, yeah, and so, but you, but he's going to allow you to be. He's the one dealing, but he's going to allow you to get a seven and two. But uh, but he he's like, he's like, listen, I, I got some t- I got some twos in my pocket, you know that I'm going. They don't know, they, yeah. they don't know. But if but they hold on and if they trust me, as who I say I am. Yeah, that, that I'm going to I'm going to turn over some twos in yeah. their
1: life. Yeah, um, so yeah, because four twos is still four of a kind.
2: Is still four of a kind, yeah. and it's and but and if you think about it this way, the only way for you to have gotten beat in that hand, because here's the thing, you want in 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 poker, uh, if there has been three twos that have been turned over, there's only two other cards that could be turned over. Yeah. Okay. So. Now, your chances of your or chances, the probability of now you winning that hand has increased significantly because it can't be a royal flush or a straight flush because of the three twos on that table. Mm. So, the only way that you could get beat is if somebody else is sitting over there with two other cards of the same suit and the other two cards turned over yeah. are the same. Yeah. that's the only way you could even get beat with four of a kind twos. Mm. And so, I mean, that's where I'm like, God, here's the thing. God loves us. This is why the covenant that he has made with us via Jesus' death and resurrection, it is greater than anything that exists in the universe. Mm. Because you literally have the blood of Jesus that has sealed this covenant that Mm. God has entered into with you that's the reason why. So Romans eight, and I I, I couldn't get there because it just didn't have time, but let me just bring it up. Okay. Because here's what Paul is going to write. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Hmm. So so he's going he's going to work all things. So the even the bitter hands that we have been dealt, he's going to work for the good of those who love him. So again, bitter hands that have been dealt either by the fall of man or by the discipline of God brought about because of our sinfulness as a child of God, mm. all things he's going to work for our good. Now mm. then he goes on to say these things. Uh, Paul writes, so um What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son... But gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Mm. Now you know I could imagine mm. this you know this idea of Hesed being applied to graciously give us all things. Mm. Like God is for us, like he, he's so for us that the greatest thing that he had his son. He did not spare his own son. He gave him up for us. So that's why, like, he gave up Jesus, and Jesus willingly became our boaz. We'll get into that next week. Mm. But but he but he did that, and now this covenant relationship we have, it is the most powerful thing we have mm. in our life mm. because we have God's covenant covenantal love being directed towards us Mm. because he made that covenant available by not sparing his son. Mm. Um, And then that's why he goes on to ask two more things. He says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Uh, No one's going to be able to like, God's for you. There's no one that can be against you. And even if somebody does want to bring up a charge, he ain't listening to it. Mm. And then he ends with this question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. Shall trouble or hardship? So shall bitter hands separate us from the love of Christ? Or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, none of this will separate us from the the love the agape love the the hesed love of God, and that's why paul he ends that 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 thought with for I'm convinced that neither death nor life. Nor angels, nor demons, neither present nor future, nor mm. any powers, neither height nor depth, mm. nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So take what Paul wrote there. You actually see it in action in the book of Ruth. Mm. Mm. Like, even though you ran away? Yeah. Like, yes, I, I, I took Elimelech home. Took yeah. Malon, Kilion home. Mm. But Naomi... I haven't forgotten about you, Ruth. Listen, I, I've been thinking about you long before you thought about me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm working, I'm working all things for your good and ultimately my glory.
1: Oh man, amen. That's awesome. That's what extra takes is about, right? You had uh you had Romans eight and you uh you went through most of it and uh and gave us a lot more meat, so I appreciate that. So let's do this. Let's do one more question. Um, last one. We talked about Boaz showing Hesed to Ruth, and you you ended uh, with this idea of we we too can be hope dealers. Yeah. Uh, so c- can we talk about how can we make that as hope dealers, how can we make that feel authentic and not superficial? I, I'm specifically thinking about sometimes as believers, I think we can fall into this like... Uh, we just want to be nicey-nice to people and pay it forward, those type of pay-it-forward actions. But but I know um, that in our generation and younger, I think authenticity is, is becoming more and more important. And um, so I'm just thinking through how can we be hope dealers? Any any thought about that in a real authentic yep. transform? Transform well, you, you got to
2: rewind to the very you – know, I think you got to rewind even more before, okay, how can we be authentic? Okay. Because we, we actually see this with Boaz, and I actually put this in my notes. I want to deal with this on extra takes. Okay. Is that when you've experienced hesed, it's much easier for you to show hesed. So that's why the background of Boaz is so important.
0: Mm, okay. Is
2: that Rahab, not only did she show hesed and ask for hesed – she actually did experience the hesed of Israel and ultimately yeah. God. Yeah. And because I could imagine I mean again, Rahab is a non-Israelite. Mm-hmm. She is an inhabitant of mm-hmm. the promised land, so she was there before Israel was going to come in there. So she's probably a Canaanite. Mm. And now she's incorporated into the nation of Israel because of her profession of faith in Yahweh. And so at some point in time, she had Boaz. And I'm sure she told the story to Boaz of how she became part of Israel. And so her story became Boaz's story. So Mm. so that's why I had to I had to dive into his background of how he even came about because his mom was a non Israelite who not only showed Hesed but had also received Hesed. So now he's looking at Naomi or he's looking at Ruth through the lens of his mom. Mm. And so so that's why like you'll never be a hope dealer until you've actually been a receiver of hope. Um, so and, and the reason why people don't become hope dealers is because they have never truly understood mm. the reception of hope that God's given them. Mm. So so that's mm. first and foremost. Yeah. Because here that that's going to lead to the authenticity. Mm. Because if you're just wanting wanting to deal hesed out of good works. Yeah, yeah. If you're wanting to to deal out some grace and some mercy out of good works of what you get, then that is not coming from a place of authenticity. Mm-mm. It's actually coming is coming from a place of self-serving. Yeah. Why? Because you feel like you've got to dish out something in order to receive something. Mm. So that's why I like, you know, this idea of karma. Well, what goes around comes around. So some people be like, well, I want good karma, so I'm gonna I'm gonna deal out some quote unquote you know, to use our word right now, I'm gonna deal out some Hesed so I can get Hesed back to it. no. Then that's self serving Hesed and that isn't authentic, that is not done out of a compassionate love for that person, it's really dealt out of more of a self-serving understanding of why you're doing it, Hmm. of what you get, not what you are giving. Hmm. You see, Boaz, he's giving without wanting anything from Ruth. Ruth has nothing to give Boaz. Ruth is this extremely poor Moabite hmm. who is a widow who's childless who lives with her bitter mother-in-law. Yeah. She has nothing to offer Boaz, which is why when you look at how he's tre- <laughs> when you look at how he's treating her on day one, you're like, "This woman can't do anything for you. Why are you showing her such favor?" Which is why she asks. Yeah. So if you're dealing out hesed. In order for that person to give you something back in return, whether it's now or later, you aren't dealing out hesed; You are dealing out some self-satisfying gratification for yourself. Hmm. But, if you are dealing out God's kind of Hesed, his kindness, his compassion, Mm. his covenant loyalty. You're actually giving something to someone that they may not even deserve. And even if you thought that they deserved it, they can't even pay you back. That and you don't even want them to pay you back. That is God's covenant loyalty. At its finest,
1: and you're okay with that because you have received it when you didn't deserve it. Yes, so you're okay with giving it when they don't deserve it.
2: So when when you deal out hesed that way, it's going to come across as authentic. Mm. That's mm. the that's the authentic hesed there.
1: Oh, I, I I think that's awesome to consider. You have to think about where where it's coming from with with Boaz, and then I think we'll get to it next week. We'll see that that there was actually a closer Kinsman Redeemer. Yep. And they turned it down and just to think about it fell to Boaz with his history.
2: Well and then but, but this is part of Boaz's authenticity. He tells and we'll, we'll see it next week and we'll focus on you know, focus a little bit on it where he says, listen, you're going to be taken care of one way or the other. Yeah. And he's like, but there's somebody closer. I, I need to give him a chance because he's going to follow the word. He's going, to, he's going to follow God's outline. So I've got to give him an opportunity. But I promise you, my daughter, if he doesn't do it, I'll do it. And so could you imagine, like Ruth knows in the next 24 to 48 hours, she's going to be taken care of. Yeah. And Boaz is like, "I want to, I actually want to do it. And I'm willing to do it, but I need to go through the right channels to make sure that I'm not bypassing what what God might also want to do.
1: Oof. That's so, so good.
2: Yeah. So I mean that there comes from again, it comes from a place of complete authenticity because it's not him that's directing, God is directing him. Mm. And so that's again that, that shows you how, you know, so if he sees that that the god of Israel is also the god for the nations because he has to be if he's incorporated Rahab yeah then then what Ruth has proclaimed god is over her too i listen mm. i i'm what what god <laughs> what has you, you know god has deemed good I, i'm not i'm going to say he's not good you, you know so yeah. so i'm i'm going to show hesed because god has shown her hesed
1: mm. so Amen. Yeah. So I would encourage all of us to uh, go back and reread Ruth two, and uh, and prepare for this weekend. Go and read Ruth three.
2: Oh, it's gonna be. Uh, I, I you know I started I started doing a little bit of prep work this morning, and uh, I, I think I know uh, at least what element I'm going to focus on. Uh, I, I think, and so I, I don't want to let out. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because th- there is a possibility that I might I might change it. Uh, but you, you know, as I was listening and reading to the the passage this morning, I'm like, "Ooh, ooh, that might that 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 might be good. That that might be good to focus on that." Okay, so
1: we look forward to this weekend.
2: Yeah. So, well, Northland family and friends, it has been a privilege and an honor bringing you another episode of Extra Takes. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we cannot wait to worship King Jesus with you this weekend. Blessings.
0: Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.